Welcome back to another episode of the RAG Report podcast, my daily bulletin show where I bring to you recruitment owners, leaders, advisors, suppliers to the global industry who are prepared to give up some of their time and share expertise to help us all get through COVID-19 and and the the future landscape together. Today, uh, I'm excited to be joined again by David Higgins. David was uh, on the show earlier this year, was in March the 31st, so right at the beginning of the, uh, the lockdown and the, the pandemic, um, shared some unbelievable insights into what went on through his own experience in 2008 and, and also 9-11. Um, and as I know it's received, personally, I've received a lot of positive feedback from David's interview. Um, I thought it'd be good to get him back on and find out what, what, what's changed and how he's been coping and what advice he's now giving to some of his clients that um, you guys could all learn from. Before I do, I just want to mention our sponsor, which is Rise Recruitment Ventures. Rise are a recruitment investment business backed by John Coxon and Alex Elliott, two guys who built and sold a business called Liquid Personnel over 10 years and sold it in 2016 for over 20 million. Their new business is an investment business that's looking for the the newest businesses, recruitment business on the market, as well as the the early stage organizations that that want to grow and maybe are not growing fast enough. They're offering capital expertise and knowledge to effectively allow you to do what they did, scale and exit. If you're interested in finding out how they could help you, get on their website, www.riserv.co.uk. David, welcome to The Rag Report. Pleasure. Good to see you again. It is. It is. We had a quick chat off air and uh, we're both looking a little bit more sun-kissed than we were in end of March. You, uh, you've had a lovely time at the beach, it sounds like, for the last couple of months. Um, when I'm not zooming, try and get out as much as I can, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, time out, been for runs, been using the bike. So, yeah, I'm feeling fitter and fitter and leaner. That's what it's all about. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeling the same. I think I, told, I mentioned to you before, the day before we recorded last time was the day I started my 75-day challenge. And I'm on, I don't even know, day 60. Five or something. I finished on the Saturday, the 13th of June, and I'm running to Trafalgar Square on that day to finish it off. So I've got a 12 mile run, and then uh, hopefully I can eat enough food that will cover all the calories I've missed in the last <laughs> the last 75 days. Can't wait. Um, but you, um, so you, I mean, lots has lots has changed, David. Lots lots has changed. What uh, in true Rag Report style? To, what's happened in your life, or what's changed in your life over the last couple of months that you can you can share with us? Um. From a client perspective or from a personal perspective? Any, any perspective, yeah, personal. Start with personal. Um, on the personal side, yeah. Child, child care without a nanny um, for two, three-year-olds is challenging. And I thought my parenting skills were good, uh, but they're in need of development. Um, right. And I take my hat off to, to parents, mothers in particular, who are going through the same challenging process. And even actually with older kids as well. Uh, having them at home without any support is it's 24 7 and there's no respite um probably one of the reasons i'm getting fit because the only time i get any silence and rest is when i go for a run i bet yeah it gives you that mental break to go and focus on yourself um client side um i think you know most people have remained upbeat i think the furlough uh system has taken the pressure off off recruiters for the for the for the short term, um, you know, trading seems to be okay. Although perms still still a challenge with 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 many firms. 
um, everyone's trying to sort of you know look to the future and work out what it's what it's going to look like, and that's that's a difficult forecasting trick. Um, so the conversations I'm having are all around you know do we bring back furloughed staff? If so, when? Um, when will the market recover? Will it recover? How will it recover? Um, yeah, I mean, those, those are pretty big questions that are, so that are difficult to answer. Before we get into now then, what, what's gone on over the last two months? Do you think that the, the, the last two months has played out how you expected effectively when we spoke at the end of March? Um, I think largely yes, except the market's held up better. Um, I think trading um, has continued on the contract side to be robust. Contract numbers seem to be stable. Uh, and clients are still buying. Not all clients, but the, everyone seems to have an element of confidence in that. I think permanent still, permanent still remains a challenge. Um, I had an interesting conversation recently with a digital recruiter that's saying actually their permanent forecasts are, are looking better than they expected. And I think if everyone's got a, if they've all managed their expectations of the next three to six months are going to be like that, I'm going to budget for that then providing that budget wasn't over-optimistic and was sensible, then people should be in a space where they're feeling confident about business going forward. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what, what do you think, when it comes to the perm side of the business, what, what have you seen clients doing that is working well? Is there anything there specific, any tactics they're deploying that are keeping the lights on on the perm side? I mean, it's... It's basically working closer and getting close to your existing strong relationships and seeing what you can do in whatever guys to help them with their talent acquisition. I think new clients uh, taking on perm, perm roles, that's the real challenge. And I haven't seen anyone, although there will be people, I haven't seen a, you know, huge degrees of successes. Most people are saying we're going back to our active current clients, our recent clients and some of our historical clients and trying to re-engage them with broader bigger conversations yeah. um, and that's having that's having traction although 100%. you know the key, the key challenge now is that um, clients may want to be or companies may want to be taking on their staff but how do they get their own office space COVID aligned COVID compliant because the last thing they want to be doing is, is creating liability for themselves and that's delaying their decision making processes around around permanent headcount whereas of course if you're contractors they're working remotely anyway, normally. They're used to that. They're autonomous. You know, you give them a clear set of objectives and off they go and deliver. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. In terms of the internal operations of the recruitment companies you've worked with, so the way they've managed furlough, the way they've managed their staff, how would you describe the good, bad, ugly that you've seen oh. from, from that process? Um, well, it's difficult to know. You make a call on what you're seeing your, your revenue's doing. Uh, and if they're falling hard or their you know, pipeline's looking um, looking thin, then clearly you have to make some hard decisions. So no one will know whether they've got the answers right until we come out of this. So I don't think anyone's done it badly. Some people have done it slightly later, but that's because their pipelines are stronger. Um, and if they've held up, that's the right decision. Um, so I think you know we'll we'll know in the next few months. I think uh, the furlough yeah. management, though, I've been told, you know, there's been a lot of businesses out there that have basically just 
they've gone on furlough and they've disappeared. Like they're not speaking to them, they're not communicating to them. They, you know, it's, it's, it, they're kind of just expecting that these people are going to come back, or are they expecting they're not going to come back and they're just doing them a favor by using the government's money to stop them being out on a whim? Do you know what I mean? It's like the management of the of the people internally. I think is so important right now. Have you seen any anything in in that across your portfolio? Um, well, my particular portfolio, that was something that was was signaled very early on that, you know, some people will be very good and very capable of remote working. Others will definitely have a have a challenge, whether it's health, whether it's um, childcare, whether they're in, uh, with flatmates who are not used to working together. Mm. So you've got to you've got to make sure that just the practicalities, you engage them early on so they're organised. And then it's ongoing, you know, at some stage, during the last few months, I'm sure everyone's, well, I've had enough, but it's keeping them engaged early in the week, regular communications, the fun, the detail, the accountability, um, but also the follow-up um, has to be consistent. And you've got to try and recreate what you can. And actually, I, I, there's, there's some good stories about people recreating some of the office issues. And, um, you know, most of, them, most of the companies I talk to have been very happy with, with what they've achieved. Do you think it's changed a lot of people's mindsets around how they manage teams in the future and the trust they might have for people that aren't in, in their direct line of sight? It's, it's a paradigm shift, actually. Um, I just had a Zoom conference earlier today where the owners were going, God, we never want to let people work from home. We always thought they'd just sit around in the garden doing nothing. Um, but they actually were saying we've had better productivity and our senior guys are more engaged and working harder. So, you know, David, what should we be doing going forward? What should we do about property and offices? Because, you know, maybe we do to have 30, 40, 50% of our workforce working from home. And actually, a lot of them are saying that actually not having the commute, the time and stress of commute has changed their work-life balance for, forever. Well, I mean, I would, I would say I feel the healthiest I've ever felt. Like personally, like, you know, forget what's going on in the world. I don't want to sound too um, smug or anything like that because I'm, I'm well aware. But when it, just looking directly internally at myself, the hours I have now before I go to work and then by going to work, I come into this room, which is my bedroom. <laughs> um, and my wife's in the living room jumping around on pe- uh, doing personal training on, on video. Um, but the hours I have before are incredible. Like they're my time, like, you know, and even when I walk outside, you, I live opposite an underground station. So the, usually the rush, you feel stressed looking out the window because people are yeah. just running into the tube and it's, and it's empty. I actually went into, I had to go to London Bridge. I had to go to the hospital this morning, um, which thankfully it looks like I'm, I'm all right um, health-wise. But uh, I went to London, Guy St. Thomas Hospital um, in London Bridge. First time I've been on a tube in 10, 11 weeks, since, right. since the 11th of March or something. And it, it was eerie. It was quiet. It was literally two people on the train. And I got yeah. to Stratford because I go through Stratford thinking it'll be, that's where they'll all pile on what you see on BBC News or whatever. No one, no one. And that was at 8, 8 15 this morning. There's no one, no one at Stratford at no. all. So uh, I walked around Bank, London Bridge. It was, it was actually a glorious day. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't miss that at all, the jumping on the train. Um, yeah. how, do you, how do you think the market will shift in that respect? Like, do you, how, because obviously you're from a, an era where it was very fixed in the office and, you know, growing juniors is, wet, is a really obvious and, and proven successful way to grow an, a recruitment business. What do you think is going to happen now? What's the future look like in terms of growing, still growing and achieving those scalable numbers to, to exit or whatever, but in a future world that's totally different? 
it's uh, it's terrific. It's a real tricky dilemma because uh, I think most of the, most of the furloughing volume have come from those businesses that have gone through investment phase, and they've got a big raft of, of inexperienced people they're bringing up with an expectation that they'll be productive in two, three years' time and be the superstars mm-hmm. of the future. And they're the ones who have had to let go lots and lots of people. Um, I think probably the smaller niche firms will fare better. Um, I think that their market focus uh, and their size will enable them to, to continue trading and offer this flexibility without having a cultural uh, issue with the firm. I mean, I've worked a very interesting business where the owner had actually not renewed his lease in December and he'd actually said, I want you all to work from home. And what we're going to do is we'll meet on Monday in X place. Um, we'll have a virtual pub on, on Thursday uh, or an actual, for those who can't attend, and we'll all have a wrap up on the Friday. Um, and he's saying it's brilliant because all the technology allows me greater visibility of what people are doing on a daily basis. And his, he was saying the generation now, so used, used to working with technology that he's built, he's got more control than he traditionally had working for a bigger business where he said, I have to have everyone in front of me, otherwise yeah. I'm doing something I don't like. So, you know, I think there'll be a, I think there'll be a paradigm shift. So how do those, how do those businesses that are in that mid tier, the ones that are, you know, they're not, they're not Hayes and Randstad's of the world, but they're hundred to 300 employees. How, how do they survive this? Um, listen, if you're a good business with good leadership and a good brand and you're providing quality services to your candidate clients, you'll be successful unless that market completely disappears. You'll, you'll come back stronger. Um, the question is, do, do owners now have appetite to go and reignite that fuse um, and go and hire back and make that investment? Or do they go, well, actually, I thought we we're going to be a 300 people business. Maybe I'm happy at 150 or maybe I'm happy at 100. So I think some owners, depending on where they are in their own, their own personal life, will either go, I don't, want, I don't want this to be a 10-year drag. I want it to be a five. Um, or the road is, is different and choose, choose a different path. And I'm, I'm hearing all sorts of different noises around, do you know what, I'm just going to keep this small. I have a smaller number of people. It's easier for me to manage. My work-life balance will be different because yeah. I've enjoyed this. Not enjoyed the, the effect of furlough, but I've enjoyed actually the new the new code so i think you know i think it'll be different horses for courses a quick interruption of the episode to bring to you a message from our second sponsor which is odro odro as most of you probably know is the world's most powerful all-in-one video interview platform for recruiters used by thousands of recruiters worldwide and with some of the industry's biggest names amongst its client base odro is a video interview platform it was developed specifically to help agencies increase their revenues the most innovative solution on the market, Odro's software helps recruiters to engage more talent, reduce time to hire, and most importantly, it helps you win business. You'll even get the ROI back from investing in Odro within just 45 days. It's designed to benefit everyone in the process, so from recruiters to clients to candidates, Odro's platform is improving the hiring process one interview at a time. We chose to partner with Odro because we felt like both brands, Hoxo and Odro, were in such a clear alignment in the way that we approach everything we do and how passionate we are about helping this industry grow. If you want to find out more about how Odro can help your agency transform its process and win more business, win exclusivity and drive revenue, then click the link on the podcast notes and every social post that goes out 
and they will, you will get a call back by one of the Odro guys. They're, they are awesome and I'm sure they'll be able to offer some amazing value to your business. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Is there, a, is there an opportunity out there though for a couple of agencies that are prepared to go aggressively as they were like and say, we're going to swallow up people and try and grow a huge business because everyone else is staying lean. We've got, there'll be more talent, there'll be more access, less competition. I think definitely there'll be, there'll be opportunities for talent. Um, people have gone through this process and gone, the owners, the management team have treated me fairly and you know, I'm going to remain loyal. There will be other firms where that feeling won't be reciprocated. And therefore I think there will be a growing number of, of experienced people going, well, actually, Maybe I should look elsewhere. I wasn't quite as happy or don't feel like it was communicated properly. So I think there'll be talent opportunities. And actually, if these individuals have been able to be productive without the need for an expensive central London office, then you can acquire talent anywhere across the world um, for a relatively lower cost than you would do with a very expensive HQ. Have you thought about what you would do now if, it was, if you were at the helm of Harvey Nash again? Oh, that's a very difficult question to answer. What would I do? Um, well, there'll always be the need, especially if you're a dominant brand in a market, there'll always be a need for, for a good-sized business. Um, you'd hope that actually Harvey Nash, particularly being tech-focused, you know, the whole of this uh, experience has, has really pushed companies into digitizing their business, accelerating the plans or starting plans they were thinking about. So all of those tech businesses should be in, in growth mode over the next five, five, 10 years. So you, you can't hire or build a business just on experienced talent. If you're going to have scale, you have to, you have to bring in juniors. So, I, you know, they'll just, they'll look at that. Uh, they'd look at that model and say, can I outsource some of that? Or can I, do I have to bring that all in house? So if you're building resourcing capability, uh, would I would I now go? I now need to hire, you know, hundreds of people to push them through the pipe to become consultants, or do I actually say our consulting side will be smaller, and our resourcing support capability will be flexible and outsourced? Yeah. So two of the low cost regions, etc. Yeah. So I know people are looking at that at the moment, um, but, but that's had mixed results. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think I've heard. I interviewed a guy on here oh, a, long, a while ago, about late last year, and he, he outsourced all his delivery to India. He said it was great. So I think it, depending on the sector and who you choose and how you do it, it could work. Um, what other questions are you getting then, David? Um, what else are owners asking you personally at the moment? Um, it's more about what do you do with furloughed staff? When do you bring them back? How do you bring them back? Um, do, do you then carry on till October? What are your um, usual, what's your usual questions or replies to those questions? It, again, it's business specific. Um, so there's one particular business that actually I, I thought uh, would be more affected by the downturn um, as it's financial services uh, focused, but actually it's not. And therefore he's very confident um, that his pipeline has remained robust and is still looking robust july onwards so from his perspective he's looking to bring people back uh quicker than most other companies other organizations it's what's your pipeline look like keep them on furlough bring back gradually um 
but it's all about pipeline. Does this new July onwards as well, you can choose, can't you, how much mm. you want to use the furlough so you can, you can bring them back part-time. Um, yeah. I think that's a value add because a big part of the furlough is not so much, you, you might be saving the revenue, but your, your teams are getting used to doing nothing. Like they get their, their skills are getting like yeah. rusty and the longer you don't pick up the phone, the longer you don't engage with the market, the harder it's going to be to get back into it. So yeah. even if it's a day a week, it's got to be better than, than sitting on the bench completely. Well, you know, my only question about the furlough scheme is people should have been allowed to work because that would have meant that they either kept their markets and their skills up to speed. So when the market does turn, you know, you can have a more productive person paying tax to, to let them literally sit and not be allowed to do anything. To me, I don't think it was... Do you think the reason was just to stop everyone going on furlough then? Because they would have just, if you'd have paid everyone to work, they'd have, the whole country would have gone on furlough. Why would anyone not have used it? That's kind of the, yeah. I think that's what they were worried about. Yeah. But I get, I get your point. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pro and a con to it. Um, I think the, 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 the real dilemma now is, you know, how many people do you say, actually, do you know what? I don't think you're coming back. So what, what level of redundancy? Um, you know, even if the market does come back, um, what will that look like in terms of level of demand? Um, so that's that's a sort of million dollar question. Do you keep them on furlough for for the October period, um, or do you start making redundancies? And that's that's a tough call for owners. Yeah, Both I was speaking to and, and commercially. I was speaking to one the other day who said, I think it was before, to be honest, before the new kind of staggered scale announcements, but it just October was the, the, the date. He said it was more hassle mentally dealing with like the 30 or so people he's got on furlough. And he didn't feel, even though he felt like he was going to be financially supporting them, he also felt like it was the wrong thing to do to just use the furlough yeah. throughout the whole summer. So he said he's going to let, you know, five or six people know in the next month that, they're not going to be like end of June is end of that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, which is, it's going to be interesting for the market. It's going to be sad for a lot of people. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I've always been, as a business owner, I suppose I've always tried to put myself into the shoes of my clients and you've got to be focused on coming back. You've just got to be focused, yeah. focused on still being there. Cause otherwise if, if the whole business goes under, everyone fails and there's no more yeah. jobs in the future. Right. Um, yeah. what, what, um, what do you have you have you have you got any contacts in the in the really big agencies in the top top um, top tier and how they yeah. they've been coping? Um, well, I mean they 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 just got bigger scale problems. You know, there's there's no um, there's no difference there. Um, they've got larger larger headcount to deal with, and the the numbers. You know, if everyone's making 30, 20, 40 percent um, reductions in headcount on furlough, you know, they've just got bigger numbers to deal with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the share prices probably reflect the the severity of their um, their demise, I guess. Yeah, true. If you um, sorry, the the issue there is, will they be able to then get in the vast numbers of headcount effectively to to regenerate the impetus that they need? Um, that's that's a critical challenge for them. I imagine now that if you, if you're a recruitment trainer you've got to be pivoting your product towards outsource training, like remote training, right? And how yeah. you can, if you can build a business now, that's the absolute remote recruitment training arm, because all of these businesses 
this, it, they're going to have to hire experienced people if they don't have a remote training opportunity yeah. or capability. So it's, it's, if you're listening trainers, I'm sure you, I'm sure you're already thinking about it, but it just sounds to me like it's a no brainer. Um, what, what's your day been like? Into, I remember when we first spoke, you were a bit like me, you said you were back to back. It was just constant. You calls from all your clients, zoom yeah. after zoom after zoom. Has that tended, has it petered off now? Are you more, have you got more free time or is it still, is it still for um, I think, you know, when we initially spoke, it, a lot of it was how do you react? So there's operational restructuring uh, financials around that. Then it was follow-up operationally, how do we manage the new, the new world? And now it's, we're sort of in a period of tranquility a little bit because everyone's feeling better about the release of lockdown, um, which is giving us a bit more freedom. Trading hasn't quite been as um, badly hit um, Across, across my client portfolio, although there are, I'm sure there are other sectors that have been badly hit. Um, so I've been, you know, it's been a little bit more relaxed as people are going, well, we've got everything in place. We've got the structure, we've got the financials sorted, got the budget there. Unless there's a big change, then we'll see how it goes and we'll keep planning and keeping short-term monitoring on cash and, and top line. Do you think you can look further? I mean, can you look further than three months in a in your in not your really. forecasting? There's no point, not is there? Really. No, not really. No, I um. So I started the the Hoxo Academy in May, um, and it was it was already planned, but it was it was, I started it was a reaction like immediate. I pushed it through because it was like you know, I felt like this time was so important to to help brands st- try and stand out and individuals within organisations at the top. I was getting hiring man, uh, sorry, hiring managers. I was getting recruitment owners calling me saying, "Sean, I've I've just made the first BD call in five years. Like I, I, I'm so out of tune with yeah. with what's going on." So um, it's been amazing to see not only how people have transformed already. We're in week five of the first program, um, and they're all sharing on Facebook and really, the, the, you know, they're really going for it. A lot of these owners, they, you can tell there's a neat, there's they're like, you know, if I can really, this is an opportunity. If you look at it correctly, if you think oh, I'm going to invest in, in offering value to my community now for the, for this next six months, I'm going to come out of this in a different space that, that I kind of expected. One thing that's really surprised me is the level of support that everyone's showing each other. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them are in the same markets, like, you know, both recruitment owners in say construction or, or banking and, they're sharing each other's ideas and their support. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It feels like that, that, that the way that everyone's clapping for the NHS, the whole country, the industry is coming together. And yeah. it's been, I, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed some part. I mean, some parts of what's going on. I've really enjoyed. And I, yeah, I've, I've been, um, definitely, uh, pushing collaboration. Um, the, the best thing we can do is all try and share one idea each. Because actually that'll save jobs and save firms. You know, whilst we're all competitive, no one wants to see people a huge amount of unemployment. That's not going to no. do anyone any good. Um, and if you're a successful business and there's huge unemployment and disparity, that'll only cause you tax or social angst further down the line. Mm, so uh, the sense. more collaboration and sharing of ideas, I think it's brilliant. Brilliant way to get started. Before we before we wrap up, what? What would you? What are you going to do differently in the future? Like after you know, after going through this personally, what what's changing in your life moving forward? Um, listen, I really enjoy um, helping entrepreneurs go through difficult times. If it was easy and it's just a one-way ticket to a fortune, then you wouldn't need people like me. Mm. Um, but you know, this goes to show you can run a great business, 
you can have everything in place, great market, but there's always something that'll come along and sink you uh, below the waterline. Um, and you've got to make sure that you either have a plan in place or that you've got people around you that can help you get, it, get you through that. So I enjoy that bit. There's been some tough conversations that have had to be had, but you know, now people are going, I understand what we've done, I'm comfortable with what we're doing, and I'm more confident that we're going to get through this. And that, that's hugely satisfying. You know, I'd love to be, you know, what would keep me, give me a great buzz is all the, all, the, all the firms that I'm associated with and working with. Um, they're, all, they're all having a glass of wine or beer or whatever their tipple is at the end of the year, going, we got through this, we're actually a better, fitter business. And we're looking forward to 2021, you know, with, uh, with real hope and, and confidence. I love that phrase, fitter. I really think it's a good way of describing the way we all are as humans right now, hopefully. Yeah. Um, uh, there is a guy who lives down my road and about 11 o'clock every day, I see him walking down the street with cans of beer in his hand. Like he's drinking one while he's got a bag of, he's not fitter. He's, he's definitely not fitter, but, but I definitely feel fitter. Um, <laughs> but as a business, yeah, as a business, I think, you know, it's, it's like having a health scare. You start to reevaluate everything in your life. And I think all, all, of, all the recruitment businesses I speak to are doing that. Um, and 2021, I put a, put a LinkedIn post up yesterday saying, I genuinely believe this. If you're, if, you're, if you're really smart now and you've got a niche market, you, you should just be absolutely doubling down on finding remote candidates. Just, if your database is, is coded to say everything it said before, but that, client, that candidate is remote or wants remote, yeah. And you can, I mean, I, I think it's the way, even if there's loads of jobs that are still fixed in offices, if you can just focus on the, on really understanding the remote market, 2021 is going to be strong for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, recruitment won't go away. Talent, the, the need and desire and demand for talent will still be here in five, 10, 15 years. Of course. Um, you've got to, what we have to do is we have to have proper engagement with candidates and proper engagement with clients because their needs and wants will change and have changed uh, forever now. Um, yeah. So if we all revert back to norm, I'm not so sure we'll be doing the industry, serving the industry in the best interests. Um, so if we're all evolving and come out uh, with better relationships, stronger relationships and greater knowledge, um, then we'll be a stronger, better, better industry. 100%. Well, look, David, it's been a pleasure. Always love okay. catching up. I'm glad you're looking well, you're feeling well, and uh, the kids are running you ragged. Um, well, uh, let's get, I'm definitely, we've got to get that, that Harvey Nash story in the diary. Let's wait till things settle a little bit, and then we'll, uh, we'll sink our teeth into the, to the long story of what you've been up to in the past. Look forward to it. Awesome, mate. Take care, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed another episode of The Rag Report. As I always say, please share this with people in your community because together, collaboration, as David said, is the one way we're going we're gonna to be stronger and come through this. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow with more insights. In the meantime, stay safe and I'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content 
online and we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now we're managing the marketing for so that involves strategy content creation distribution systems process and leads generated having been recruiters and marketeers we can not only build your brand but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing there's a clear roi that leads to sales activity but we also understand recruitment businesses that's small businesses medium-sized businesses large businesses in all sectors we understand you we've done the job and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now we've also recently launched the hoxo academy which is designed to help recruitment owners recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own the academy has been launched in may 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way so if you're interested in either having hoxo support you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself then get in touch visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. we will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.